You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here again with our MLB.com Rays reporter, Bill Chastain. And, Bill, it's been a quiet hot stove season so far. Eventually, things are going to heat up. And as we record this podcast on Thursday, they have heated up a little bit, a few degrees maybe, for the Rays as they pull off a trade. They send Brad Boxberger to the D-backs. They get back Curtis Taylor in return. Taylor, 22 years old, a young pitcher, was 3-4 and four with a 3-3-2 ERA a year ago. That was uh, at the lower levels of the minor leagues. Um, so they get a prospect, a low, lower level, t- lower tier prospect, and I guess they save a little money on the Boxberger front, right? Because he's eligible for arbitration and was probably going to check in at least a couple of million dollars. Yeah, and also it opens a roster spot on the 40-man. Um, but uh, I think probably the key is that the um, Boxberger probably would make close to $2 million in arbitration this year. And, you know, I kind of got the vibe towards the end of last year. He wasn't in their plans. He wasn't being used in the late innings much. And, and I understand that a lot of the guys they had that they had picked up in the deal, you know, in the trades during the uh, right at the trade deadline last year kind of took over a lot of the innings. But, um, you know, I think the Diamondbacks are getting a good player there, too, because if you look how he finished the year, uh, I think he had an 0.96 ERA in his last uh, nine appearances. And, you know, this is a guy who has led the league in saves. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's still got a lot left if he's healthy. You mentioned it opening up a roster spot. Um, when you, you look ahead here, you know, 40-man roster, uh, Rule 5 draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Is that a situation where you expect the Rays to be busy in the in the uh, Rule 5 draft as far as taking players from other rosters? You know, they've never been that active in it. But, uh, you know, again, trying to figure out what they're coming up with, who knows. I mean, And, and these guys, you know, they have extensive scouting reports on all the other teams' minor leagues and uh, you know, they should have a pretty good spot uh, to to draft. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but, uh, you know, they could pick someone up. But, you know, that's a pretty big deal when you got to protect a guy at the major league level all year if you, you know, pick him up. Yeah, you usually see a lot of uh, relief pitchers, that kind of thing go. And it's tougher for teams that want to contend, obviously, hide one of those young players sometimes coming up from the double-A level on the roster. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Mayo on MLBPipeline.com came up with his – I guess top 10 most interesting players available for the Rule 5 draft. Um, uh, one of those classic stories you see on Pipeline uh, uh, for people that love prospects. But Nick Shufo in the race system made the list. I think he checked in at number two or three, according to Mayo. But that's because it's a name people recognize. Uh, former first-round draft pick, uh, number 21 overall in 2013. Um, hasn't hit, I think, in the race system the way they had hoped as a first-round pick, but has played pretty good behind the plate. Um, it does seem like he could be a, a risk that the Rays could could end up losing him uh, during the Rule 5 draft in a couple of weeks. I'll be really surprised if they don't because he, uh, you know, I mean, catching, you know, if you can hit, that's a bonus. But um, and, and I think that's really what attracted them to draft him in the first round uh, as they did. But, you know, from all reports, he's gotten – better and better behind the plate. And I noticed last spring, you know, that's the only time I get to see him that, you know, he seems to be filling out some, uh, you know, he's got a little more power. Uh, so uh, it, it's a good example of, you know, in talking to the Rays, they, you know, they didn't like not, they didn't like um, not being able to protect him, but um, you know, you can only protect so many players. And um, you know, if, if he does not get 
uh, selected, I'm sure, you know, they'll want him back. Yeah, teams always want to find extra catching. And if you have a guy, like you said, he's really good defensively, so he would be uh, an asset that a team could throw on that major league roster as a backup catcher if they uh, – if they have space for that, uh, for that second catcher. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to hold on to him. And if people don't know the rule five rules, um, they could end up, even if a team does select Shufo, they could end up getting him back eventually before the season starts. Anyway, um, if the team that takes him decides that they can't find room on him on the major league roster. So something to definitely keep an eye on as you look at that raise system. And I guess if anything else, it is a compliment to how much the raise minor league system has improved that you have talented players that you're unable to protect because there's there's just enough guys down there that, that you have to protect. So uh, that's a, I guess, a thumbs up to the system. Um, non- you know, it's, it's yeah, interesting. Interesting too. On that same vein, uh, it'll. Uh, I'm kind of want to see. You know, they changed the money on the deal too. Uh, not that it's you know based on you know when they're normally talking about millions, but you know in the past it was fifty thousand for the player, and then if you didn't keep him. The uh, club you got him from getting back for twenty five thousand, and now that's been raised to a hundred. Uh, you know they pay for the player, and then fifty to get him back. So uh, I don't know if that will have any impact or not, but uh, it could be. You know, it could be a little bit something interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely slightly more money, doubling the money. Obviously, at the uh, at big league teams, that's still not a huge amount of money. All right, fly- I mean, most most always thought that was too too little anyway. You know, particularly all the money they have invested in these players. Right, and it was that same amount, 50 and 25, for so long. Eventually, uh, I think it has to go up a little bit. The non-tender deadline coming up Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and it seems like there are some players on this Rays team that that the team's going to have to make some serious decisions about, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, to me, uh, the decisions are basically just going to be whether or not you want to take the the risk on on paying this money. I mean, for example, uh, Hetcheveria, uh, Echeverry, you know, was a definitely, you know, plus after he came over from the Marlins. Uh, uh, you know, he he really solidified the infield. Uh, you know, he's got great range, got you know soft hands, uh, but you know he could be making five five million bucks this year. And you've got, you know, does Duffy come back and play shortstop, or do, do they give the give it to Willie Adamas? I think probably the safe call would be to, uh, you know, tender him an offer, and then if if need be, you trade him. You know, it's a catcher's kind of like shortstop. You know, it's one of the harder positions to fill. Um, Brad Miller is another uh, example. Uh, you know, first year they had him, he hit 30 home runs. Last year he struggled with injuries, and I, I really don't think he was healthy all year. He's a quality guy. Uh, he struggled with the bat, but I really think the the offensive numbers that he's shown in the past kind of indicate that last year was an outlier. So. I'd be surprised if they don't tender him. And then the other one would be uh, uh, Jesus Sucre. Uh, you know, they had a nice tandem with uh, him and uh, Wilson Ramos last year. And right now they don't have another catcher on the 40-man roster. So, you know, which direction would they go if they do not want to bring him back? Uh, I do know the pitchers really love pitching to Sucre. But on the back end of this whole thing, you know, at the, you know if, if you went to the offseason and, and everybody – on the roster came in that they had now and, and you went with, they were projected in arbitration, their payroll would be 80 million. They started the year last year with 70 million. Uh, the owner, Stu Sternberg has, you know, made it clear that he wants a reduction in the payroll this year. So, you know, that's going to have to come from somewhere. 
All right. The final uh, thing I wanted to talk about with you is that the big story, or one of the two big stories, you have Giancarlo Stanton and the possibility of a trade, but then Shohei Otani, uh, the great two-way player, uh, is coming over from Japan, expected that the posting situation will be finalized and approved on Friday, and then there'll be basically a three-week window in which Otani can talk to all major league teams that are willing to to post $20 million to his team in Japan. Um, and the interesting thing about Otani versus Tanaka over the years or any of these other big players coming over from Japan is it's not going to cost teams a lot. There's the $20 million that'll go to his team in Japan, and then it's just an international bonus pool uh, money from the teams that actually sign him. The Yankees, Rangers, Dodgers have the most of that, but it's only $3 million, and the Rays would be far after that. But in theory, money, it seems, to Otani is not the biggest deal because he could wait a couple years and sign a huge million deal to come over to Major League Baseball. He wants to play, and he wants to be comfortable. So in theory, the Rays have a chance here, as good as anybody, to to make a run at him. If they were to make a pitch to Shohei Otani, what do you think the things the Rays can boast about with their organization would be? Well, first off, I would have already had uh, Aki Iwamura talk to him a little bit because, you know, he had a good experience with the Rays uh, and and was a big part of their 2008 team that went to the – World Series, but uh, also you've got Brendan McKay in the minors, uh, and and they've had a completely open mind about uh, him, you know, running out there as a pitcher and a hitter for as long as he can. And uh, Otani's shown that he can do that over in Japan. Uh, you know, why why can't it be done in the major leagues? Uh, and that might be a good selling point. You know, it also might be a big selling point that he would, you know, you know, could uh, ostensibly be the face of the team if he came to him. So. Um, you know, without having ever talked to a, you know, uh, Otani and, and know really what his mindset is, uh, you know, who knows what's, what's going to be the thing or the factors that are going to make him decide one way or the other. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of different to see the Rays have a shot for a guy like this. And that's what's so fascinating is that at this point, since he hasn't been able to talk to teams yet, nobody really knows what is driving him and what he's looking for in a team. So everybody, I guess every fan base can have a little, at least a little glimmer of hope that they could get a great talent basically on the cheap this uh, this offseason. It'll be certainly something to track. It could be all said and done by the end of the weekend, or it could linger on for two, three weeks before that window closes. We'll have to wait and see. That'll do it for MLB.com Extras, a raise edition. For Bill Chastain, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.